Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. What is going on, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about F1. On what, you ask? Oh, yeah. This is the Random Shit Podcast, episode one. And as I said, we'll be talking about Formula One. Pretty much, what is it? The basics of the sport, how it came to be, who some of the greats are, what's the sport like today, and a little bit of everything in between, but keeping it pretty basic. So let's start out with what the basics of the sport are. You know, what is it? Because it's not the most American of sports. It's pretty the rest of the world, shall I say. So in its most basic form, it's automobile racing. Cars going around a track. Very exciting. Right now, and how it's pretty much always been, is 20 cars from 10 different teams racing around a track to see who comes out on top. But obviously it's a lot more than that. I mean, the cars in questions are reaching speeds upwards of 200 miles an hour, pulling G's greater than that of a rocket launch while racing for a few hours straight. Oh, and did I mention they're coming within inches of each other? Because, you know, crashes do happen. Now, if that doesn't sound a bit more exciting, I don't really know what does. But let's dive a little deeper into the sport. So how did Formula One come to be what Formula One is today? Well, F1, as is also called, originated from the European Championship of Motor Racing. It became known as Formula One because of the formula, quote-unquote, each car must follow in order to participate. The first Formula One race was held in 1946, but it's not really considered the first because it wasn't part of a championship. It was just that specific formula of cars racing. Um... The first championship series, however, started in 1950, and from 1950 until 1970, F1 remained unchanged, with each year slight modifications were made to the car to make them a lot faster. I mean, they were quick, and they were dangerous back in the day, but today they are incredibly quick and quite a bit safer. But nothing major happened in between this time, other than subtle improvements. But in the early 70s, when Bernie Eccleston decided to mess with the commercial rights of the sport, this led to it becoming a multi-billion dollar business. What this did was open the door for investors, advertisers, companies to bring money in and have people race for them, race for their brands. The first steps in this was the, if you watch a race, you'll see the barricades around it, you know, keeping the cars in away from the crowds and giving them a bumper to hit when they do crash. And those are all covered in advertisements, companies, names, branding, everything. Didn't used to be like that. Eventually, this led into commercials, 
companies buying their own teams and really without this step in the early 70s f1 might not still exist because damn is this an expensive ass sport but to wrap all this up simply f1 started as a group of guys wanting to see who could drive the car faster but they wanted to have the same car so they took similar cars to a track raced them around and now it grew in the sport we know today or don't know and planning on learning so this brings me to the greats of the sport you know who are the people that are remembered for what they did who are making impacts now and still exist who set these records that are thought to be unbreakable but we might find out in a bit that has changed so now we know the, the basics and how it started on uh, getting into these greats now um people i'm about to talk about are renowned for their driving ability and what beyond that what they did for the sport these drivers span from the second ever formula one champion to the current seven time formula one champion each driver has had an impact on the sport and has changed it forever because of what they did to start off and actually before i get into this i can't pronounce worth shit in some of these names i don't know how to say this guy's last name but we're gonna get through it so to start off we're gonna talk about juan manuel fangio so Juan was born in 1911 and died July 1995. During his life, he drove for in many different racing events, not just Formula One. But for the sake of time, I'm going to just cover his accolades in F1. So he was the second ever driver's champion of Formula One in 1951. He placed second in 1950 to his teammate. But after that is where he kind of stopped wanting to lose. He went on to win in 1954, 55, 56, and 57, which this record of five world champions lasted for 46 some odd years until about one guy who we'll mention later claimed his sixth championship title in 2003 so what is this guy known for what did he become well he became known as the master this is a rather fitting name due to his accomplishments he started in the sport when it began and was the best for a long time he won his five championships while a part of four different teams which is a feat never to be repeated as of now, and I don't see happening anytime soon. He also holds the highest win percentage of any racer in F1, which is 46.15%. 46% of the races he entered, he won, which is insane. That doesn't happen. I don't think even the best of today's come up with that high of percentage there in the 20s maybe scratching 30s if that 
this is why he is thought of as the grandmaster of F1 and will always be remembered as the first great in this sport. So now I'm going to move on to Arden Senna, who, in my opinion, probably could have been the greatest of all time, won the most, been the best, um, but unfortunately it's impossible, impossible based on some stuff we'll learn here in a bit. But he also drove the best-looking car to ever come out of Formula 1, the McLaren of his day. So, who is Arden? Senna was a Brazilian-born F1 driver, born in March 1960, and died May 1994, a year before Juan died, which is crazy to think about the way it overlaps. But during the late 80s and early 90s, he was, without question, the fastest driver on the grid. During his career, which wasn't all that long, he won three championships and 41 races. From the time where he started to it, till about 2006 when the record was broken, he held the record for most pole positions. So that's finishing first in qualifying, getting to start in first on race day. The guy who starts the race first is, in a lot of cases, given a huge advantage on these tight corners. It's hard to overtake. But this alone really should show you how fast he was, because qualifying is a whole different thing. You're going around a track by yourself as fast as possible, and he consistently was number one. And... That doesn't happen. I mean, the cars could have problems. The driver could be off on a day. The track could be a little different, but it didn't matter. And in his short career, he held a record for the most pole positions. But he got lucky with a great car of the day as well. So, I mean, this guy was something else. In his 1993 season, after finishing second behind his teammate, uh, he moved to Williams Racing, who was kind of the dominant, new-to-come dominant team for the 94 season, which, during his third race of the season at Imola, Italy, Arnsena got in a grave accident on turn seven, in which he later succumbed to his injuries on the way to the hospital due to blood loss. This loss was taken incredibly hard by anyone in F1 at the time. And luckily, there, I guess the silver lining is this led to major safety reforms. And he really was trying to push for this his whole career. He knew how unsafe it was but it didn't matter to him. But he tried to make changes. He even, at the beginning of this season, was voted into being the new race. Like They have a committee, which is just made up of the race drivers, and he was going to lead that and help with safety and making the cars better. 
which it worked. He, the last death, death in Formula One, didn't, was him until 2015 when he didn't directly die in the crash, but um, it was about almost a full year later he actually died due to the injuries sustained in a crash in Japan. But even still, you can see, if you look back before Senna's time, it was, your lifespan was not a guarantee as a race car driver, but now you're pretty safe, and since 2015, there hasn't been anything again. And this is just one of the many things he's remembered for beyond just him being the fastest race driver of his time. And a little... A fun story, there's a documentary on him, it's worth the watch, but he, there's a race in Monaco, I forget what year, but he was leading it by so much that his team was trying to tell him to just slow down and just cruise in because he could cruise for the last 10 laps and still win by a lot, but he didn't, that's not how things worked for him. He wanted to be the fastest the whole time, which may have led to a crash when the gearbox blew out, but it's just a funny thing of how he liked to prove himself out there. But enough on him. Now we get to the guy who broke everyone's records before him, and some argue the greatest driver of all time. I would love to have been able to watch him race, but it was a bit before my time. This is where we get to Michael Schumacher. He was born in January 1969 and is still around today actually watching his son race in his first F1 season, who unfortunately is on a rather shit team right now, the worst team in F1. But it's not about him, this is about Michael. He was, and to some, the greatest driver ever. He is the seven-time world champion. He has 91 wins, 68 pole positions, 155 podium finishes. All of these records sound great, amazing. Who's going to beat him? Well, the next guy might have just done so. But he does have some that are unbeaten. Um, and if that doesn't show you how amazing this man was behind the wheel, I'm not sure what will. He was dominant through some of the biggest changes in F1 in terms of the vehicles, and yet he kept winning. I mean, if you looked at from what the vehicles looked like and how they drove and operated when he started to what they're now, you it's two different things. But... The two records he still holds today are the most fastest laps at 77, which the fastest lap is the fastest lap of a race, so that's 77 races he was the fastest in, and the most wins in a single season at 13, which is impressive because up until recent, I think there was only 21 races a season, maybe even less in some cases, so... Winning 13 is not easy. And 
this is what the guy did. Michael set records. And I think I already said this, but I wish I could have been around to watch this guy. Because just the clips I've seen are nothing short of beautiful. I mean, he was an artist behind the wheel. And of the clips, I mean, he looks untouchable out there. He's just in his own world beating everybody. Now, that being said, obviously his records were broken. Who, maybe I'm a little biased because I get to watch him race and I have been able to watch him race. But I think there's reason why he's better because he's taken these records once thought unbreakable and broke them all. So next we get to Sir Lewis Hamilton. Yes, he is knighted by the Queen. So born in 1985, and he's currently still racing. He's leading the Constructors' Champion right now as we speak. So this man joined Michael Schumacher with seven world championships, hoping to make that eight this year. Now has the current record for the most wins at 98 and counting. 99 pole positions and counting. 167 podium finishes and counting. Just to name the big ones. As I mentioned, he's currently chasing the 2021 Drivers' Champion spot to take that solo spot and potentially win eight world championships which is insane. And this would tie the record for the most consecutive wins at five, currently held by Michael Schumacher. Personally, though, he takes my spot as the greatest of all time. I get to watch the guy. I get to see what he's like, and it is something else. I mean, it is perfection behind the wheel. It's almost more of an honor to watch him make a mistake because they don't happen. So the rarity of that happening makes it almost entertaining to watch. I hope to see him take the record this year and win eight drivers' championships because he's proven time and time again he is the best out there. Even when he may not have the fastest car either, which right now this year, the Red Bull's kind of quick. He is the greatest driver on track today and I think will be remembered as the greatest of all time and top that list. But, you know, we got 21 more races this season. We only had two happen, so and he's only up by one. It's not looking great, but I'll stay hopeful. So that being said, let's get to the sport today. What's it like? What's going on? What's happening? So today, F1 is massive around the world. Still not huge in the U.S., but still gets popular. They have one Grand Prix in the U.S. every year in Texas. And after writing my notes up on this, they actually last weekend announced in 2022 Miami will be opening an F1 track, which will be exciting. So right now the current season consists of 23 races around the world from places like Abu Dhabi to Italy to Texas, as mentioned. However, the basics still remain the same. Every car must follow the formula set up 
each year in order to be allowed to race. Um, they have to change their cars every year. Now, they do they look similar? Yes. Uh, do things get allowed? Some stuff gets banned. Some stuff argued. You know, there's always fights and drama, which is pretty entertaining too. But for the most part, the formula stays the same. While the cars may look wildly different from those even just 10 years ago, everything has remained the same. 10 teams still participate with a total of 20 drivers, 10 per team, 10 per team, 2 per team. And I wasn't going to bore you with the list, but it kind of sounds fun and we can run through it quickly in no particular order. So this is the list of current teams and drivers right now this season. So first up we have Mercedes with drivers. Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton, Red Bull Racing with Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen, McLaren with drivers Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo, Ferrari with drivers Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc, Alfa Tori with drivers Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda, Aston Martin with drivers Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll, Alpine with drivers Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, Alfa Romeo with drivers Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovanzi, Williams with drivers George Russell and Nicholas Latifi, and finally, the poor American team, Haas with drivers Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. Now, keep in mind, all of those names change every year. Contracts expire. People suck at racing. <clears throat> I'm not going to name any names, but Haas is not great. And things change. People move. People move from team to team and stay in the grid. But there's only 20 spots on Formula 1 in the whole world. 20 drivers. That's it. And a lot of people vying for it. So that, that whole roster I just had is only the 2021 season. I mean, there are new teams this season from last. Which... As of recording this, only two races have taken place, one in Bahrain and one in Imola, with, thankfully, not this weekend, unfortunately, but in a weekend from now, we get a doubleheader back-to-back weeks, which is nice. So this year, Beyond Others has pretty exciting, pretty exciting news, and it's really going to help. So they, what they've changed is... They want to make the grid closer from the top teams and the bottom teams. Because right now, there's a lot of money in this sport. There has been. And the top teams can spend upwards of $400 million a year. While the bottom teams are only spending $100 million, Which, to me and you, that, what's the difference at that point? But it's a massive difference when you're competing in a sport that costs as much as this does. And this is exciting. Not only because it brings everyone closer. I mean, the qualifying in the second race this year was insane. Between first and eighth, there was four one-hundredths of a second between them. I mean, it was tight racing and qualifying. And... So what they've done, I don't think I actually mentioned that, is they changed the money. So the governing body has now set a spending limit on the vehicles. Um, 
they haven't specified exactly what that limit is. I think it is still a bit higher, and they're going to slowly lower it through the years as teams adjust to spending a lot less. But so far, I love this. I mean, it is it is done what its goal is. It has made the grid much closer, and I'm excited to see where this goes. My predictions, though, I'm still going to put my money on Mercedes for this year. I think while their car may not be as fast as Red Bull, uh, it's more reliable, and Lewis Hamilton is a better. It's just better. He's insane. So I'm happy with that. wouldn't mind if he retires after, gets some new faces in, and I want McLaren back on top in a couple years, but we'll see. So what's the sport looking like in the future? I mean, I don't see much changing personally. Many people used to think it would go all electric, but now Formula E exists, which is all electric racing, which is kind of fun to watch, but the whining those batteries make when they're... It's hard to listen to. And before you say, oh, well, we need to change it because they're gas-powered and seems like a waste, F1's carbon neutral. You wouldn't think it somehow it is so it's impressive i don't know i don't think much needs to be changed i think the biggest thing was the money right now and they fixed that coming in this year and i don't think anything other than the usual maybe a different requirement on downforce generated or new safety regulations and stuff like that but that's it and in the future i'm just looking for max for stopping to get a championship, and then I just want McLaren from that on out winning. You know, it's nice to see Mercedes win all the time. Great team, love watching them, but it's been seven years now. So, you know, could take a break. But I'm going to start to we're wrapping up here in a bit. Who knows? But I want to talk about one thing that you all need to go watch. Even if you don't like racing, I think you'll enjoy this. It's a Netflix show called Formula One Drive to Survive. And this show is brilliant. Whether you love racing or you're just in it for the drama. Because it is a drama series almost. But it is hysterical. So there are currently three seasons. Each season following a racing season. So... Season 1 is the 2018 season, season 2, 2019, season 3, 2020 F1 seasons. And, I mean, it goes into the details way more than I can in how F1 operates, the drama between the drivers, the teams, and everything in between. You really get a close look into the world of F1 that you can't get otherwise. I mean, you get follow these teams into the paddock whereas somewhere you can't go you get up close action and i'm not gonna say much more because it just beats the point of you going and watching it you know um i feel like i'm doing a horrible job promoting this no wonder i'm not sponsored by netflix it'd be nice though because this show is awesome but i don't know i think that wraps up most of the F1 talk that I can give and I'm sure anybody wants to listen to. But, yeah. 
So that being said, I think that's all I got for you today. And welcome to the world of Formula One. I hope I may have convinced some of you to at least try and watch a race most Sundays. Race days most. Saturdays are qualifying and practice. You really got to like the sport to watch that. But I think we'll call it there. Um, I will hopefully see you again next time on Random Shit. Who knows what the topic will be. You have to tune in to find out. So thank you for listening, and I will catch you all next time.